You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real pain. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to stream. You can also visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more info about PCLB and visit our event tab to see what's going on this month. Lastly, like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at PCLasVegas. Thank you again and enjoy the message. Uh, we once again we apologize for if we uh, not having any t-shirt uh, t-shirts. We got a lot of t-shirts, amen. But t-shirts uh, for our kids' church, amen. Uh, teachers, I can't even say it, amen. I'm I'm from L.A., amen. Praise the Lord. But uh, but we do have uh, the volunteer list, amen. That that right now we're only looking for one, two, three, four slots for the month of December, amen. If that falls on your heart. It helps out. I'm, I'm telling you, it's rewarding for you. Uh, you'll be a blessed, amen, uh, to be part of this, amen. But it takes all of us, somebody say all of us, to work together, amen, in order to make the functions of our church operate. And, and the Lord rewards you greatly, amen. And so, uh, but we do have the, the seats out there. So if you have little ones and you need to just, uh, if they're getting a little fussy, then you guys can sit right there in those seats. That's what those seats are for. That way you can still listen and, and take care of of your little ones, and if they get too crazy, then we got the back room with the chains and, and locks and stuff. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> you can take them back there, amen, to settle them down, amen. But, but we'll be all right. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, amen. Praise the Lord. Tonight, I, I want to minister uh, real briefly, amen, because I, I, I am hungry, and I do want to go and eat, amen. But uh, So I promise to get you out of here maybe in 10 minutes. No, I'm <laughs> Woo, 10 minutes, amen. Woo, that'd be a record, amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But, but we'll see what the Lord does, amen. I want to minister on God's amazing grace. I know that his grace is amazing. Come on. Just like that song we sing, amazing grace, how sweet the, that saved a wretch. I once was lost. I was once blind. Amen. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad for his grace? Come on, how many, how many here were, were bound? Come on, somebody. Anyone here lost? Come on, amen. Uh, let me, anybody here were ever blind? Come on, but now that God turns around, his grace brings, uh, uh, brings us to be found, amen, brings us to a place that we can see now and we're set free. And that, that's God's amazing grace. And that, that's why we're here today. You know, we're not here by any type of other merits. You're not here by your good looks. You're not here by your good deeds. You're here only by God's grace. Can somebody say amen? It is an amazing grace that sets us free. And during the time, this time of year of Thanksgiving that we just finished, amen, and, and as we start to celebrate now, as we enter into December, the birth of our Savior, as followers, as disciples, as Christians, come on, it, it has to remind us or it should remind us about his amazing grace. But something is wrong in the church today. The, the church has set aside the law of God and its function to convert the soul. It has removed the sinner's means 
of seeking God's forgiveness. I, I really, guys, you got to pay attention to what I'm saying here today. What I'm talking about is that when a person falls short, anybody ever fall short here? Come on, when a person sins, there is no need to seek forgiveness saying, I'm saved by grace. Thinking that forgiveness, listen, this is happening in the church, that forgiveness automatically comes. And how many know that that's a wrong way of thinking? It touches me as a pastor. It touches me uh, as I see a person come in, amen, uh, or when people come to the altar, amen, uh, when a person falls short uh, or falling into sin uh, and feels guilty because of, and says, you know what, God, I messed up. Uh, God, forgive me. Uh, I need your mercy. I need your amazing grace. Uh, it touches me when someone honestly comes to the altar and asks for God for that kind of forgiveness. And I believe that it starts with humility for true repentance to begin and for grace to come. Can somebody say amen? I said it, it takes humility for true repentance to come and grace, uh, to, to, uh, true repentance to, to begin and grace to come. I want you to turn to the book of Psalms 19. I want, I want to hear a passage of scripture there that should, should, should get us excited, amen, for the God's word. Psalms 19, and I want to start from verse 7 through 11. Now I'm reading out the New Living Translation. And it said, the Word of God says this, The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making the wise simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are warning to your servants and great reward for those who obey them. Come on, somebody say amen. I just read a list, amen, of what the Word of God does for our lives, amen. So let's look at his amazing grace today. See, when we think of the instructions or the laws or commandments, when you guys think of that, uh, that instructions or when you think laws or commands, amen, we often think of them as rules and regulations that keep us from having fun. Can somebody say Amen. About laws, amen, they're like, there's restrictions there. there. There's something that you can't do. It stops us from, from, from getting a little loose. But in the kingdom of God, how many know that's the opposite? God's law revives us. Can somebody say amen? Because we were dead in our sins. Come on. Come on. His law makes us wise. His law brings on joy. It gives us insight, warns us, and rewards us. God's laws are guidelines and his light for, the, for our path. It says in what to do when things hit our lives. Come on. See, this is where we have to go. When, when, when we're going through some things in our lives, whatever we go through, that we should seek it through his word. His word is what guides us and directs us and helps us through the situations of life. Come on. The thing is that when it comes to those kind of things, we don't look towards God's law or towards his commandments. We kind of just flow what we're feeling. Come on. The, the word of God says in Psalms 119, 105, it says, Your word is a lamp 
to guide my feet and a light for my path. See, his laws are, are not chains, guys. Come on. They, they don't tie our hands or feet. Amen. His law don't tie us up. His law liberates us. His law sets us free. Can somebody say amen? Come on. They point at danger to warn us, and they point at success to guide us. Romans chapter 5, verse 20 says this. That, that, that tells us why God's law enter the scene. See, God's law enter the scene that the offense might abound. Amen. The Bible says when sin abounds, God's grace abounds, what? Much more. Amen. So according to the scripture, the thing that makes sin abound is the law. I want you guys to follow me. The thing that makes sin abound is the law. Come on, we can see the work of God's law illustrated in civil law or the law of the land. What happens on the freeway when the speed limits are not visible? People punch it, amen. That's right. They go a little faster, right? You don't see the speed limit, amen. You say, man, you think, oh, you know what, I can go a, a little faster here. It seems like they forgot to patrol this part of the freeway. So there's an option. It seems like we got an option when we don't see a, a, a speed limit on, on the freeway. And so we say, well, we're going to go an extra 20 miles per hour. Let's just say that. But in the back of your mind, you know. Come on, come on. Tell your neighbor, you know. You know. You know the speed limit. You, you know what you should be going and you know what you should be not going. Besides, you're thinking everyone else is doing it. Why not I? Right? Come on, someone blew your bike out. I'm going too. But what happens, listen, church, when the law enters your lane with red flashing lights? It's a different story now, right? Come on. Everyone else may be doing, but guess what? You got busted. Now, sending those extra 20 miles per hour don't seem little now. It seems to abound more, and it's a big deal now. The cop who pulls you over, let me tell you guys, is not going to listen to your I'm saved by grace speech. Right? Come on, you, you cannot just pull over, unless it's Brother Garrett, amen. But you just can't pull over and say, you know what, I, I, you know what, I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian and I'm saved. I'm saved by grace, amen. Uh, uh, you know what, you can't give that I was once a sinner speech to a cop. You know, you tell him that, he says, well, you should know better. But look at the, let's look at the freeway of sin today. See, the whole world generally flows how the world's flowing. Who hasn't had a desire to do something wrong? Come on, who in the world doesn't tell an occasional white lie? Who doesn't take something that belongs to someone else? People know that they're doing wrong, but they're in, in their security is the fact that so many other people are guilty of doing the same thing, or if not more, because I only do it once in a while, it seems to be okay. That God has forgotten about sin. You know what? He's forgiven you already because you're covered by grace. Thinking to yourself, well, there's nothing posted here. Now, I guess this is where God's grace is, so I guess it's okay if I do it. 
But Psalms chapter 10, verse 11 says, the fool or the arrogant says, he says to himself, God has forgotten and he covers his face and never sees. That, see, that the scripture's saying that, you know what? He thinks that because God's grace is here and then we're saved by grace and we're, 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 once, we're once sinners, now we're, we're once found, amen, that when we do something wrong, that God hides his face and says, I, I don't see it. Go ahead. You see, when the law or God's law enters the lane that you are in with red flashing lights, the sinner's heart stops. The conviction starts to settle in. You're caught and you're busted. It's because the measure of guilt is exposed in the light of the law. Are you understanding me? Come on. When God busts us and he comes with his red flashing light saying, woo, 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 woo. pull over, Sister Elizabeth. We got to talk. What kind of what? Cop is that? Woo, woo, woo. I don't know. That's the Holy Spirit. Woo, woo, woo. All right. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of, come on. It, it happens in service, amen. The, the red lights come into our lane and says, man, what he's talking about, what he's preaching right now, you're going through that right now. And so your heart starts to beat. You start to get convicted. You start to not feel comfortable in your seats. And that's God's coming. Uh, and when you understand when the guilt is exposed, come on, it's exposed because of the light of the law. See, now the sense of security in the fact that everyone else is doing it is irrelevant. It doesn't matter at that time when God is convicting you because every man will give an account to himself to God. You can't say on that day, amen, on judgment day, while, while sister so-and-so was doing it, God, brother so-and-so was doing it. It doesn't matter at that time, church. You're going to have to face judgment. Can somebody say amen? See, Sin not only becomes personal, it seems to abound. Hello. Matthew chapter 5, 27 to 28 says this. You have heard the command that says, you must not commit adultery. But I say to anyone even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in her heart. See, a mere lust, church, becomes adultery of the heart. A white lie becomes a false witness. Your own way becomes rebellion. Uh, hatred becomes murder. Uh, sticky fingers becomes, makes you a thief. 1 John 3.15 says, if anyone hates his brother or another brother or sister, is really a murderer at heart. And do you know that murderers do not have eternal life, life within them? See, the law, church, the offense abounds. And without the law entering in, church, there is no sin. Romans chapter 7, verse 8 says, apart from the law, sin is dead. See, we need God's law to guide us, church. Can somebody say amen? Come on. Or we will be a bunch of Christians that act like the world if the law does not come into our lives. See, we're not just saved by grace, and we can do whatever we want now. We, we need God's law. He didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law, church. And we think so much that, well, the law's Old Testament. 
And, and yes, it may be Old Testament, but it's benefit for us because there are guidelines to help us succeed in our walk with Christ. Amen. Now, come on, we cannot just throw the grace card out. We can't just say, I'm saved by grace. Amen. Now, you know what? You know, once saved, always saved. All that is a bunch of bologna sandwiches. And I love bologna sandwiches. Especially when it's fried bologna sandwiches. Oh, I'm getting real hungry now. Amen. Hallelujah. But you got to understand, without the law, come on, then there is no sin. But the law offends, the offense abounds when the law comes in. We need his law, church. Now, if we look at the, the foolishness of the cross, Romans chapter 3, verse 20, the Amplified says this, the real function of the law is to make men recognize and be conscious of sin, not as an observation, but as an acquaintance with sin, which works towards repentance. Let me illustrate it like this, all right? This, I'm speaking to all of you guys, so I want you guys to take this personally. Imagine... If I said to you, I have some good news for you guys, all right, good news, say good news for me. I have some good news for you. Someone just paid a $5,000 speeding ticket for you. You probably would say, what are you talking about, Pastor? I got no $5,000 speeding ticket. You may, you may not, see, if you don't know that you've broken the law in the first place, you know, it wouldn't be good news. Are you following me? It would be foolish to you, probably even offensive to you, if you did not know what you did. But if I put it this way, maybe it makes more sense. If I said that you were clocked by a camera going 55 miles per hour in an area where there was a convention going on for the blind, and you totally ignored 10 warning signs that says 15 miles per hour, that it was extremely dangerous and the fine was $5,000 or imprisonment. The law was about to take action on you, but someone stepped in and paid it off for you. Now that would probably be good, some, some good news, right? You see, without first telling you that you've broken the law, church, and saying that someone fined Someone, someone paid it off for you would be nonsense for you if you didn't know what you did. But if I showed you where you went wrong and you understood, thinking, man, I messed up and someone paid that, thank you, Jesus. Right? It would be some really good news for us. See, you can, you, you can understand without any type of explanation of what we've done, the law makes nonsense. The, the, you know, it, it, we, we didn't break nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know about this $5,000 speeding ticket that you gave. But if we understood it, then the good news would, would be appreciated that somebody paid that for us. Once they told us the offense, once they showed us proof, they caught us on camera. See, in the same way as about the cross of Calvary, if someone, someone the, the, about the good news of Jesus Christ on their sins, amen, if you told somebody, you know, Jesus died on the cross for your sins, it would make no sense to them. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the message of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing or those who are not saved. Amen. See, they don't, they don't understand what they're doing wrong. The world, I mean, there's, I got co-workers that say, what am I doing wrong? I, I'm cool. I don't, I don't hurt nobody. It, it's foolish to them. Amen. 
Come on, you, you got to understand that what, what you're talking about, what, when they, they respond that way back to you, it's understandable. What are you, what are you really talking about? I, I've caused no offense. I, I'm a good person. I, I don't do nothing wrong. I hurt no one, amen. I, come on, I, I've heard, you know what, uh, I got no sins. I'm a good person, amen. I live a good life, amen. But when you tell a sinner he's a sinner, he thinks, man, you, you, that's offensive to me. You know, why are you calling me a bad person when I'm not? Come on, you can't start quoting scriptures to them because it's foolish to them. Are, are you understanding, church? It's like telling a sweet little old grandma who does nothing wrong. She's kind to everyone, but she's not saved. Amen. And you come up to her, amen, with your, with your speech, amen, you're trying to convert her, you're trying to invite her to church and say, you know what, Jesus Christ died for you, Grandma, you need to repent from your wicked ways, amen, or you're going to hell, amen. Come on, how do you think she's going to take that? You better get away from me, young man. <laughs> you know, well, what are you talking about? It's, it's, it's nonsense to them. But when a person uh, takes time, amen, in trying to bring an understanding, amen, and trying to bring an understanding of following Christ and the steps of Christ, amen, and he opens up, and they open up to the spiritual law of God, amen, the sinner becomes convicted by the law as a lawbreaker. God's word brings conviction, not us, church. Come on, once a person understands their transgression, that the good news will not be offensive to them. Or foolish to them, but the power of God for salvation. Can somebody say amen? That's what brings the sinner to the altar, church. You know, they may not, people come into the church, amen. They may not get saved the first time they come in, amen. But once they understand, once they understand the, the law, once they understand, man, there's a conviction that starts to settle in on side, inside of them. And they understood that Jesus Christ paid the price for them. Then it becomes good news and not foolish to them. That God already took care of it. He'll erase all your wrongs, amen. All you got to do is confess that you're a sinner, amen, uh, and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, uh, and you believe him as Lord and Savior, that he'll save you, amen. Uh, that's what brings them to the altar, amen, uh, is the conviction of the law. It's the spirit of God. The person says, you know what, they're sitting there and they realize, man, I'm a sinner. I'm messed up, amen. I need a savior in my life, amen. And so they come before God and get things right. And there's an appreciation now of what he's done on the cross of Calvary because it sets the sinner free. Now, I don't know about you, but I look at the cross and I appreciate that. I appreciate the blood that he shed for me. I, I appreciate the, the obedience all the way to the cross. I appreciate that, that he took my place and paid off my fine of $5,000 to set me free. That I understood Calvary. I understand the story. I understand that apart from him, amen, I, come on, I'm nothing. Doesn't matter how good I am because, come on, goodness does not get us in. Good works does not get us in. God's grace gets us in, amen. His amazing grace, but we have to abide by the law. What sin am I talking about tonight? It's any sin that keeps you from being free. See, God is looking for a people that will completely surrender with no compromising. Come on. Come on. When you serve the Lord, you've got to serve the Lord all the way. Come on. It's all the way. 
I'm going all the way with the Lord. I mean, I, that old song they used to sing, man, I'm going all the way. I've drawn the line. No turning back. Come on, we, we, we got to go all the way. You've you got to make a decision in your heart. If you're going to serve God, then serve God. If you're not, then don't. The Bible says that, amen. You know what? Come on, I, I prefer you, uh, you know, hot or cold, amen. Don't be lukewarm because I'll spit you out. Choose this day who you're going to serve, amen. Don't, don't come in and get the feel of it or, or try to make yourself feel good because you're in church, amen, that, that it gives you a ticket to do something on Saturday night. Come on, I'm, I'm on church on Wednesday, amen. You know what? I got a free ticket. God's grace covers me. For Saturday night till I get back to church on Sunday. And he fixes me up all again. But we really don't get right in our spirit, in our hearts. See, we, we, we take God's grace for granted. Can somebody say amen? See, God is looking for people that will completely surrender. Say, God, I, I'm not going to compromise. Amen. I, you know, you know when, I, when I backslid for 10 years, I did not want to come back to church and say, you know what? I don't want to go to the altar and then go back to the world, get saved again, and be this, 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 this hypocrite. You know, when, 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 I, when I was those 10 years, I did not want to get saved. And so I didn't go to the altar. I wasn't going to play lukewarm. I wasn't going to play this part for my wife. I was, I was going to go up there when I'm ready and I wanted God in my life. Amen. If I go any other way, I'm not going to last. Took 10 long years to where I finally said, you know what, I'm done. I'm done. I mean, I hit rock bottom. That's not funny. It's not fun to be hit rock bottom, amen. God gave me a lot of chances to get right, but it was my choice. But I was not going to play church, guys. And so I said, God, I'm ready. Man, I, I, you know, I need you. I, I know where I messed up. Your laws tell me I'm a sinner. I, 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 need your, I need your amazing grace. I know that you're a God that can fix things. I, I know that you're a God that can put my life together. I'm going to give you my life completely. And when I surrender, even though I try to compromise with God, amen, uh, in the beginning uh, through that altar walk, he said, no, amen, give me your life and I'll put it back together. See, God is looking for a people who have stopped sinning so that he can pour his spirit into your life. God is looking for a church, listen, that repents. We want revival, then start repenting. Come on. If you want revival, then stop sinning. Come on, that, that's where revival comes is when God's people repent from their ways, turn from their ways so that he can heal our land, church. Come on, somebody. Come on. God says if you be humble yourself and repent and turn from your ways, I'll heal you. I'll pour my spirit into you. I'll give you all my blessings, amen. Just like my wife was saying earlier, amen. Come on, let's not get weary in doing good, amen. Come on, there's a good season. There's a good Harvest is coming. God has been talking about the harvest. God has been talking about the rain. God has been talking, amen, that in dry season, he draws us closer. God is saying, church, I need you to come. Something's about to happen. And the closer you get to me, the more you'll be able to sustain yourself when that storm comes and that battle comes, amen. You need me, amen. But you need to stop doing what you're doing, amen. Otherwise, the enemy's going to take you out. Come on. His body, the word is true, church. Uh, come on now. The enemy is roaming, uh, and he's searching, uh, and he's looking, amen, uh, to seek you and take you out to devour you. He's not your friend. God is looking for a church that repents.
See, now when David sinned with Bathsheba, he broke all the Ten Commandments. Did you know that? In that one sin. Come on. He coveted a neighbor's wife. He lived a lie. He stole her, committed adultery, murdered her husband, dishonored his parents, and broke the remaining four commandments in reverence to God's relationship. And so the Lord sends Nathan, the prophet, to rebuke him in 2 Samuel. And Nathan tells David about a parable about sheep. Why? Because David understands sheep. Come on, a story of a rich man who had a lot of sheep and a poor man who had just this one lamb. And the story goes on to say how this poor man loved this lamb, amen. It would feed it from his own food, his own cup. He would drink from it, amen. Even slept with him, amen. Treated the lamb like one of his own kids. And the story says that a traveler was coming through, and the rich man comes to the rich man and asks for a meal. But instead of preparing his own one of his many sheep, he takes the lamb of this poor man. And the Bible says that David's burned with anger. And he says, this man deserves to die. And Nathan told David, you're that man. He goes on to tell him all that he's done, amen. He shows him that God, what, what, uh, that, that God had given him, amen. He understood. He comes to understand what he did wrong in his transition. And he says in 2 Samuel 12, 13, I have sinned against the Lord. Come on, there was a remorseful spirit, amen. Now, Nathan shows him grace and says, the Lord has taken away your sin. Come on, how many know that's good news? Hallelujah. He says, you're not going to die, David, amen. Uh, I know, uh, you know what, it, to, to, I know that to David, when he said that, man, that must have been some good news. That was like the $5,000 fine being paid right there for David. But how about if Nathan came another way to him? I wonder if Nathan just came up to him and said, you know what, Nathan, well, you know what, David, God wants to use you in a powerful way. He, you know, he sees some great qualities in you. But you know what? What's keeping you is sin. David would probably say, what are you talking about sin? He probably would have got offensive, I think, if he would have came right at him like that. By Nathan showing or making the law known to David, it produced godly sorrow, which is necessary for David's repentance, church. In 2 Corinthians 7.10, it says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. That's what brought David's weight of guilt that caused him to cry out. When he started to speak at him and tell him, you know, what, what he did and all this stuff, and when he was just there and told him about busted, he wasn't hiding, he goes, I've sinned. I've sinned against the Lord. I messed up. See, the law causes the heaviness in his life. It made him hunger and thirst for righteousness. Uh, it showed him the seriousness of the sin and its nature and, and that, that God was concerned about David. The law brought humility to David that caused him to repent. Humility, church, brings us to repentance that brings on grace. We have to humble ourselves. We have to humble ourselves where we're at. That if we're doing things, then, then humble ourselves and get right with God. If you're a leader here, humble yourself. 
You know, don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let pride give you. You can't go up there. You can't answer that altar call. What are the people going to think? So what? Get right. It takes humility. We've got to humble ourselves. God, I messed up. Or, God, I'm doing this wrong. You know what? Uh, you know, I've been taking advantage of your grace. I need to get right. You know, we want revival in this church and all of us. It takes all of us, church. Come on, it's not just the pastor being right or the wife or, or just a few of the people. I mean, it, it takes all of us together to get right standings with God where God can pour out his spirit upon this house. And God can do something here. And God can start to move and explode in our lives. Start moving in your homes. Start bringing healing in your mind and body. God, God can start to heal your finances. God can start doing all these things if we simply humble ourselves and say, God, I'm messing up right here, God. Forgive me. I sinned. This is what David did, amen, and, and God brought forth blessings upon his life. You see, sin is like an onion, meaning that you got the, the outer wrapper, which is all rugged, dry, and crusty. That's self-righteousness. When you, when, it's only when you can, can start to peel away the dryness and all that, all that crusty wrapper and remove its star, and you start to peel it away, man, then tears start to come to the human eye. The law peels the onion and allows deep repentance, church. You got to remove all that crusty stuff, and when you start to get into the heart of it, then that's the tears of repentance. See, this is what we need to do. For some of us, you need to peel your onion. I was going to bring a bag of onions for everybody. But I think all of us will be crying here, amen, all messed up, man, especially cutting into that. But we got to peel away those things, church. We walk in as crusty Christians in this place. Come on, our rapper, you can hear our rapper. Walking. Praise the Lord. I see, I hear some of us coming in like that. We're all crusty, amen. Uh, you know, but it takes us to come to the altar of God and say, God, start to remove this outer wrapper about my life, amen. Get into the real issue, amen. Uh, let me feel deep repentance, God. Uh, I want to get things right, amen. Uh, I don't want to be crusty all my life, amen. I want to be open uh, for you, amen. Touch my heart. Change me, God. See, that's what we need today, amen, is a bunch of Christians that will come together and say, you know what, we're not here acting that we're self-righteous. We're not standing here that we got it all together, amen. Come on, we arrived. Because I'm here to let you know, no one here has arrived. And that's including myself, amen. But the one thing that I do, just like Paul says, I keep my eyes on the prize. I keep going forward, amen. Come on, forgetting what's behind and going towards what's ahead, amen. He says, I don't got it together, but I keep on striving to get it together. See, one day, amen, we will have it together. One day we're going to a place, amen, of no more crying, amen, no more pain, no more death, no more nothing, amen. But until that day, we keep striving and keeping our eye on the prize. We can't get slothful, church. And we can't just say, you know what, I've been saved for a long time. Grace will cover me. And this because nothing happens, church, doesn't mean you're getting away with it. 
Come on, we get away with a little thing, amen, all of a sudden, well, God didn't see. Everything's cool. Pastor's not looking at me weird. <laughs> I guess I'm all right. He didn't show me that I was doing something last night. So it must be all right, amen. And so we, we kind of go wipe our forehead and we say, well, I got away with that one. And all of a sudden, you know, we, we, live, we start getting righteous again and we start doing our thing. And pretty soon, <laughs> all of a sudden, the crust comes over. All of a sudden, all that stuff starts to wrap on. We start to, we start to cover ourselves and say we're saved by grace. God knows my heart. Yeah, he knows your heart. You're wicked. You're wrong. You got to get right. You know, if we really want God's blessing, how many want God's blessings? Then we got to understand the law, the law is to set you free. We need his law. We need the guidelines. We need to stay to the word of God, amen. So many people, so many even churches today are trying to change the law. A law that has exist, existed over 2,000 plus years, more than that, amen. The New Testament, we're going way, way back, church. You cannot change the law. God is unchangeable. His law is unchangeable. Come on, 2020, 2017 doesn't say, okay, we can do this now. No. It's still what was sin back then. It's still sin today, church. And so we cannot let that fester in our minds or someone from another church tell you, well, it's okay to do it at our church. Well, where are you at? <laughs> come on, I can go to heaven and still do that. Like, yeah, come on. Shh. Come as you are. Our church is free. Woo. You don't have to even get ties. They don't have to ask for ties there. Just come. You know, they got 30,000 people, so they don't need ties. Amen. $10 from each person is enough. I mean, the church is so whack, church, and it can sneak into ours like this. And so my thing, you know what, I got to correct it every once in a while. We really true on the blessing. That's why we're not packed out here, man. Oh, they preach on sin. I ain't going there. They preach on the things I can't do. It's not that you can't do it. You can do whatever you want. But the law is not to stop you. The law is to direct you. To say, you know, you do this, and the law says you're going to die. That's what the law says. Come on, you may have got away going next 25 miles per hour. Next time you want to 30, 40, man, whoop, no one busts that. I might as well do 100. And so you do that, amen, and you're laughing. Everybody else is getting pulled over because you can get busted. That's how we are in the church. We come in and we think, no, nah, I'm safe. They're still smiling at me. <laughs> They're still shaking my hand. I'm still cool. Praise the Lord. I'm here. Trumpet blow, I'll be all right. Well, the building's not going to save you, church. It's your heart. And so we need to understand, man, we've got to allow the law of God to come into our lives, not to ruin our lives, but to bring life. You know, that's, that's why people don't want to read the Word. Because they're going to read something that they're doing <laughs> that they shouldn't be doing. Or doing things that, you know, they, it, how to extract. We don't want to read the Word of God because it convicts us. It convicts us. We need his conviction. There's things I read times that I read it before, and then it's a different conviction. God can just convict me differently from right now where I'm at, where I was 10 years ago. I mean, like, whoa, man, that, that's deep. God's just peeling a layer off of me. Just peel off the outer wrapper, the crusty wrapper of our lives, amen, and get deep and allow the 
allow the deep repentance to come in our lives. Church, we all fall short. We all fall short. There's none righteous, not one, the Bible says. And our righteousness are filthy rags before the Lord. Come on, we're, we're, not, that, we're not that good, guys. We're not that holy. We strive for holiness because he's holy. But you know what? We can never out-holy God. You know, we, we cannot out-holy each other. You know, we can't look down at each other either. For some of us, amen, we think, well, we're, a little bit, we're doing a little bit better than they are. And so we, it justifies our actions at that time and moment. Well, at least I'm not as bad as her. <laughs> you know, at least I don't talk like he does. You know, we, we, we justify our actions because we start to look at everybody else and maybe going a little bit more struggle than us, amen, and think, well, at least I'm not like them. And so what I'm doing right here is okay. You know, that, you know, that, that, that God gets mad at them more than he gets mad at you. Sin is sin, church. It angers God in any type of sin. And so our thing is just to get right with God, amen, and do things what we need to do. I'm going to close tonight because that bologna sandwich is sounding really good right now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Listen, we will never ex- accept grace until we humble before God through his holy law with respect. The shoes of human pride must be removed before the sinner can approach the burning bush of the gospel. The law makes grace abound in the same way that darkness makes light shine. That's God's amazing grace, church. Let this season that we're in and we're entering in remind us of that. Thanksgiving should be a reminder of his amazing grace. Christmas should be a reminder of grace that came that paved the way for us, that came to open the way to salvation for us. This is grace, church. And we need that in this season. And we need to be reminded through the busyness of life and through everything that we start to do during this season that we sometimes, you know what, take time out and say thank you for your grace. Thank you for the gift of life, church. He gave us life. And his birth is a reminder of that, that it was grace that paved the way for us, guys. So let's take off our human pride, the shoes of human pride, church, and let's stand before that bush, before God's holiness. See, we can't stand there thinking we have it all together. We've got to humble ourselves. That's why when Moses went in front of that burning bush, he says, remove your sandals from your feet. Don't walk in with your prideful thought. Don't walk in as a man. Humble yourself before me. And he got into the presence of God. This is what we need. We need a burning bush experience by being humble, humbling ourselves. Say, God, this is where I'm at. Forgive me. Whatever that may be today. If you're doing all right, then that's all right. But you know what, God, I'm still, I hit the altar every day, church. Every morning I wake up, man, I'm repenting. <laughs> God, forgive me. I ask for your forgiveness because I'm a wretched man. You know, Peter was a man, just same thing when, when, when he approached when, uh, when Jesus uh, approached Peter, he, he bowed, like, get away from me. You know, he, he, I'm a wretched man. That's how, that's how I am. I, I'm, 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 I'm nothing with God. I, God, I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. I need you in my life. Without you, I'm nothing. I need your amazing grace. God, forgive me if I thought anything wrong, God, the, the day before. Let nothing, and I pray, search my heart just like David does, man. See if there's anything offensive inside that, that, that I don't see. That I do that I don't even think I'm doing. God, expose that to me. 
that I can get right with you. God, I, I don't want to be crusty. I don't want to sound like that walking into my house. <laughs> See, see on Sunday, as you drive away, even your car's crusty. 